Welcome to the King's Church Podcast. We are an ACC church based on the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. We'd love for you to join us on any given Sunday. In the meantime, we hope this message blesses you. You know, they say that uh, long distance runners, uh, while they're running in a race, there is this point uh, where it feels like they've hit a wall and uh, everything starts to shut down and... um, But they say that if you actually push through that and continue, uh, that somehow your body kind of gets the right amount of oxygen to counter the lactic acid buildup and the fatigue. And for the last month, God has been speaking to me about one word, one message. And I've been saying it everywhere I go. And that is that the fear from this second wave must be met by the force of the second wind. And I felt God say that there is, there is this fatigue and weariness that some of us are feeling as we've sort of uh, walked through this journey. And, and it feels like maybe you've hit a wall spiritually. I want to tell you that God is about to breathe new life into you and give you the second wind that you need to push through. And even as I was preparing for this message, this is what I felt the Holy Spirit say is that there are some people in this room today that it feels like maybe there was one time where you did great things for God, you were close to God and and the power of God was strong on you. But over time, maybe there's been a a drift and maybe those things have shifted away. And I felt God say that just like Samson, you may have lost your strength, maybe even your vision, but today your hair is gonna start growing back. That prophetically speaking, God is going to restore to you the strength that you need to continue this journey. And you are going to be more effective in your latter days than in your early days because God is about to give you a second win. So if that's you, I want you just to lift your hands and just receive this right now. Father, over every single person that is stepping out in faith, Lord God, that are feeling weary and fatigued, feel like they just can't go on any further, feels like they're coming up against a wall. I declare right now, let there be a second wind that would just fall upon them, Lord God. Breathe new life in them, Lord God. I impart the breath of heaven onto them, Lord God, that those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, that they shall run and not grow weary, they shall walk and not faint, that they would mount up on wings like eagles. Father, I just thank You, Lord God, Let there be a fresh injection of faith, Lord God. Let hope arise again. Give them new strength, Lord God. And even prophetically, I declare that their hair would continue to grow, Lord God, that they would return and do everything that you have called them to do. In Jesus' name, come on, say amen and give the Lord a hand of praise. Awesome. Fantastic. Why don't you thank our amazing worship team? And just go ahead and take your seats. Uh, so great to be here with you this morning and um, really excited about this current series that uh, we have been um, on. Pastor Ben just kicked it off last week. If you were here, you will know that our current series also happens to be our cultural values here at King's, uh, and that is faith, hope, and love. That 
Uh, we're a church that has six services on a Sunday across four campuses uh, from the coast all the way to the country and back, that if you were to strip away all of these things, all, you know, the musical styles and the food and, and, and you know, the type of uh, praise and all of that sort of stuff, you would have removed all of that, that you would be left with these three things, uh, faith, hope, love. And it's really based on 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. Uh, the Apostle Paul is speaking to a church in Corinth, a city that is known for its immorality and its idolatry. And it's to this city that the Apostle Paul drops this message of love. Uh, if you've been to a wedding, maybe you've heard that quoted, you know, 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind, all of that. The context is that the Apostle Paul is speaking to a, uh, a church that's in a city that's known for uh, all forms of, um, you know, messed up stuff. And so he's speaking about this and he ends with this. He says, these three remain, faith, hope and love, but the greatest of these is love. So when you strip everything back, these are the three things that remain, faith, hope, and love. It's, it's interesting that Jesus had 12 disciples, but there were only three that he would take with him in certain things. And it's interesting, they were Peter, James, and John. Peter is the one that we know is, uh, you know, speaks first and then acts and uh, thinks later. And, but really, if you were to look at him, you'd maybe associate him with faith. He's the only one that stepped out of the boat. Uh, he's the only one to act in the garden when they came to arrest Jesus. He lashed out. He's, he's that one. Uh, James, we know uh, through history, he is the first martyr of those 12 disciples. He's the first one that is killed by the sword uh, because of the hope that he had. He knew exactly where he was going, uh, so he wasn't afraid. And then we have John, the one that has the audacity to call himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. So wherever Jesus went, and there were three occasions, three specific places where Jesus said to nine of them, you guys wait here, Peter, James, and John, you come with me. And they were in three different, very, very different scenarios. They were in Jairus' house where he needed the faith to come with him to resurrect a girl that had just died. It was the top Mount uh, Transfiguration where they saw Jesus transform and they saw his glory and he's standing there with Elijah and Moses, the law and the prophets. And that is the hope of the glory that was to come. And then finally in the Garden of Gethsemane, they witness the greatest act of love as Jesus is wrestling with this notion of going to the cross, paying the ultimate price. And he says, Father, if there's any other way, let it be. Uh, let this cup pass, but not my will, let thy will be done. So you could say that for Jesus, he knew this, that if you were to strip everything away, there are three things that remained with him, faith, hope, and love. Peter, James, and John. But it says that the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love. So here at King's, we know that uh, faith is an action. Faith is not just a noun that describes who we are. It is a verb that talks about what we do. We speak to the mountains. We tell it to move. We speak to diseases and sickness, and we speak to circumstance. Faith is a verb. That hope is an attitude that we know that the hope that we profess is like an anchor 
that it, uh, it keeps us secure and stills us in the midst of turbulence and storms all around us. Uh, but love is an atmosphere, that love is, uh, is the atmosphere that we create. Every time we step into a situation, every time we step into a room, we shift the atmosphere, we change the climate, uh, because we are people that carry faith, hope and love. Don't confuse love with the soppy, soft stuff that maybe you kind of see. This is not Hollywood love, uh, it's not tender love, uh, it's not cultural love, this is biblical love. Um, biblical love is fierce and ferocious. Uh, it is radical and revolutionary. Uh, it is unrelenting. Uh, love is the only thing that caused the creator of the universe to leave the glory of heaven and enter the mundaneness of earth. It was motivated by love. Um, love is so unrelenting and tenacious that despite abuse and misuse and all sorts of messed up things, Love refuses to stay down on the canvas. Love will get up every single time. It refuses to throw in the towel or to tap out. Love just doesn't give up. And that's why the Apostle Paul says, all of these things are great, but love is the greatest. Love is the greatest. And that's really what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about this love. And so if you've got your Bibles, I'd love for you to come with me uh, to the... Um, Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, and we're going to eavesdrop in a conversation that Jesus is having uh, with a gentleman, and they're talking about love. We're talking, they're talking about who to love, and they're talking about how to love. And so, uh, chapter 10 of Luke, verse 25, we're reading from. On one occasion, an expert in the law... And we're talking about the Mosaic law, the law of Moses here. Stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to, to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbour? Uh, this guy is an expert in the law. So he's looking for a kind of loophole here. He's just saying, just tell me who it is and I'll do it. Jesus responds with a story. Don't you love that? Jesus is just so uh, cool. He doesn't even give him a straight answer. He gives him a story. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, this is like an associate priest or an assistant, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, a despised enemy of the Jews, is tra he travelled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii, two, the equivalent of two days' work, uh, a few 
maybe a couple of hundred dollars, and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. The title of this message is Love Like a Samaritan. Love Like a Samaritan. And we're going to look at uh, four traits uh, that the Samaritan, the way he loved his neighbor. Uh, we're going to look at four traits. Uh, it is spelled, it spells out, it's an acronym. It spells out love. So there will be a test after this to make sure that you've been listening and following. Uh, but why don't we pray before we get into it? Father, I just thank you for your word, Lord God. I pray that your word would become flesh. Uh, Lord God, I pray that we would not just be hearers of your word, but that we would be doers also. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. The first thing that, uh, that I want to talk about is that love lifts. Love lifts. So the L here is the fact that love uh, lifts. It literally lifted this guy from where he was onto a donkey and it moved him forward. Uh, but I believe that this is also what love does um, in terms of the way that we live out our life. That love refuses to leave a situation or leave something uh, and, and leave it the way it is. That whenever we are loving like Jesus is instructing us to, that we will change the situation and the circumstance that we come in contact with. Uh, we refuse to ignore it. We refuse to sort of bypass and act like nothing happened, uh, but that we actually lift the environment. We lift people. Ha have you noticed that there are some people that you come in contact with? It could be family. Um, and you just, when you're having a conversation with them, you just kind of leave feeling heavy. Um, like you've just sort of, they've just sort of put more stuff on you. Uh, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the opposite of that. And we say, look, I love you and all of that, but I just leave feeling heavy. Uh, love actually elevates. Uh, love actually alleviates. Love actually takes weight off. Love is the best weight lifter. Uh, love will come along and it will remove the weight from someone else and, and it elevates and it lifts up. Ephesians 4.29 says this, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So we, we know that with love through our language, uh, we, we have two choices. We can either tear down, we can pull down and, you know, we know that Part of the Aussie culture is that tall poppy syndrome where we, you know, we want to bring everyone down. Uh, but this is biblical love where we actually build up, uh, that we lift up, that we elevate, that we move people from where they are into where they could be. There's a story in the Old Testament about a woman named Hannah uh, who was barren. She couldn't have any children and this is really all she wanted. And so she is in constant despair and grief and uh, she lived in a culture of the day where a man could have more than one wife. And, and the downside was that this particular man, his other wife, uh, was very fertile. So year after year, she would just have baby after baby. And meanwhile, Hannah couldn't have any. And so one time uh, they were up in, the, uh, up in Jerusalem at the temple and she goes in and she is in such grief and despair. And she just begins to pour out her heart and she begins to pray. Eli 
is the high priest and he's got his own issues. But he looks at her and he notices that there's something, something not right there. And so he actually criticises her about being drunk. And she kind of just says, I'm not drunk, I'm just desperate. Um, that sometimes uh, when there is something that is grieving us, uh, it, may make, it may cause us to act a little bit different, uh, but we're not intoxicated, we're desperate. We just need heaven to intervene. Anyway, she says, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not drunk. Uh, this is what I'm praying for. And uh, he says to her, this is powerful, he says, may the God of Israel grant you what it is. And she received that word. That word actually lifted her up out of her grief and despair and misery. Not only did it lift her up, but it actually impregnated her with new life. Um, that same time the following year, she gave birth to a son named Samuel and she dedicated him, uh, committed him to the, uh, to the house of God. But then every year after that for a while, she just kept giving, having baby after baby after baby. It all traced back to this point where another person came into agreement amend her request and it lifted her up out of where she was but it also gave her new life. King's Church I believe that as people of faith hope and love that this is actually what we're called to do that we are called with our language to lift people up from where they are and to give them new life. I've told this story again uh, before but I, I feel like it's appropriate to tell again here but there, there's, this, uh, there's this man who's walking along and uh, all of a sudden he falls into a pit and he can't get himself out. So a subjective person comes along and says, oh, I feel for you in that pit. An objective person comes along and says, well, it was logical that someone would fall into this pit. A Christian scientist came along and said, you only think you're in a pit. A Pharisee came along and said, only bad people fall into pits. A fundamentalist said, you deserve your pit. Confucius said, if you had have followed me, you would not be in the pit. A Buddha said, a pit is but a state of mind. A realist said, uh, that's a pit. A newspaper journalist wanted the exclusive story on the pit. A scientist calculated the necessary pressure to get him out of the pit. A geologist told him to appreciate the rock strata in the pit. A council, uh, council worker asked him if he had a permit to dig a pit. A tax man asked him if he was paying taxes on the pit. An evasive person came along and avoided the subject of the pit altogether. A self-pitting person said, you ain't seen nothing till you've seen my pit. An optimist said, hey, things could get worse. A pessimist said, hey, things will get worse. Jesus, walking along and seeing the man, stoops down, reached out, and pulled him out of the pit. Church, we are called the body of Christ because we are literally the hands and feet of Jesus here on earth. That we are called to lift people up out of where they are so that they could be where God has placed them. And, and, and just like the psalmist said, the psalmist said in Psalm 40, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me up out of the slimy pit, out of the mud, out of the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. 
We are people that have been rescued and lifted up. And God is calling us now to do the same for others. Love lifts. The second thing love does is that love overcomes. So the O there is that love overcomes. This guy comes and he sees this man and it is clear that there are cultural differences, but he overcomes that. He overcomes that. And I believe if we are to be the people of the biblical kind of love that Jesus is talking about, we've got to overcome all of these things. You know, the Samaritans and the Jews uh, hated and despised each other. Uh, Jews absolutely despised the Samaritans because they, they considered them like these half-breeds. Uh, you know, they were half Jewish and half, you know, uh, pagan, half, um, you know, they, they were like a mixed race. And they had not only perverted uh, their bloodline, but they'd also perverted their religion. So they had taken a bit of Judaism and a bit of paganism. And so the, the Jews absolutely despised uh, the Samaritan. It's why when Jesus goes to uh, that town at Samaria and speaks to the woman at the well, and she's shocked that he would even be speaking to her because they had no interaction. Uh, but this guy comes and he totally overcomes all of those things. Uh, he overcomes the cultural differences. He overcomes his own personal biases. He even overcomes all the preconceived ideas that sometimes we might have. I don't know, maybe if it was someone else, they would have come along and said, hey, I don't know what's going on here. Maybe this guy did something that was a little bit shady and, and this is the result of it. Maybe it was a drug deal that was gone bad. Uh, maybe he overcomes all of that and he just helps this guy. And I just feel like if we are the people uh, that are going to exhibit this kind of love, that we have got to overcome all of our preconceived ideas, all of our personal biases, uh, that, that we don't just help people that look like us, uh, that are the same colour as us, uh, that vote the same as us, that have the same worldview. No, no, no. This kind of love overcomes all of this. You've got to understand when Jesus is telling this story, he is absolutely messing this guy up, the, uh, the, the expert in the law. Because this guy is hearing this story and it would have made a whole lot of sense if the victim was a Samaritan and the Jew was the hero. Well, you know, the Samaritans, they're pretty ordinary and say, yes, we've got to come to their rescue. No, no, no. Jesus flips the script and he makes the Samaritan a hero and he makes the Jewish guy the victim here. And so Jesus is saying, you've got to overcome all of those differences and still reach out and still help people. You've got to overcome, and this is for us, overcome all of our own past hurts, all of our offences, all, of uh, uh, all of those differences, overcome all of that so that we can actually reach out. Ephesians, uh, sorry, Romans 12, 21 says this, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Overcome evil with good. The next, uh, the next thing that, uh, that this Samaritan guy does after he lifts him up, he overcomes all of those differences. Uh, the V stands for values, that, uh, that this kind of love uh, values. Uh, because he's self-aware, he can overcome uh, he, he can overcome all of those differences, but because he's God aware, he can see the value of that individual. He can look past the brokenness, past the blood, past the bruises, 
past all of that sort of stuff. He can look past it and he can see the fact that this is an individual that is made in the image and likeness of God. He can see that person's value. Philippians 2, uh, 3 and 4 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Some see cost and some see value. The priest and the Levite, maybe they saw cost. Oh, this is going to cost me. This is inconvenient. I'm on my way to do something important. Uh, if I touch this guy, that makes me unclean. Then I can't serve. No, no, no. I'm not willing to pay that cost. Some people see cost. Other people, they just see the value. They see the value that behind all of the stuff that's on the surface, there is something intricately and deeply valuable about that person. Um, a few years ago, uh, me and my kids were playing uh, cricket in a cul-de-sac behind our house. And my son was bowling to me. And so, uh, no mercy. You know, if you're going to play, you're going to play with the big boys. I've just absolutely smashed him over two neighbours' uh, house and back into our yard. And, and uh, the fence line is like a jungle. It's overgrown with weeds and, and, uh, and that. And so, he was absolutely filthy with me. He was so upset because it was his favourite ball. And uh, anyway, we abandoned the game. We went in and we're looking for this ball and we're just going through. And it's just, a, it's like a jungle. And uh, it feel, felt like an hour. And I just said, it's getting dark. It's dinner time. We'll, we'll have a look tomorrow. And so he said, no, no, that was my favorite ball. I'm going to keep looking. Anyway, my daughter and I, we go upstairs. We're getting ready for dinner. And a few moments later, I hear these footsteps coming up the back uh, stairs. And he walks in. And he's holding something. I can't quite make out what it is. And he says, I didn't find the ball, Dad, but I found this. And I'm looking at it, and he's holding something that's covered with dirt and mulch, and it looks a bit wet. And all I could see is a little bit of red in it. And it'll work out that he's holding a $20 bill. And I said, that's awesome, mate. Uh, you can buy a whole heap of those balls. And he said something that I'll never forget. He said, yeah, but... Is it still valuable? And at that very moment, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, that's how some people feel. That for some people, because of abuse, because of past hurts, it feels like you've been buried under dirt, under all sorts of junk, under all sorts of issues. But I came to tell you that despite everything that has happened to you, it doesn't change the value in you, that you are still created in the image and likeness of God and your past experience do not define your value. That just like that $20 bill, your value doesn't change no matter who hurt you, no matter what anyone has done to you, your value doesn't change. And so if we're people that are going to love like this, we need to recognise the value in people beside everything that you see front up. We need to recognise that they are valuable because God created them. And the final thing, after love lifted, overcame and valued, the final thing, and this is the E, is that love exceeded all expectation. Love exceeded all expectation. Not only does this guy come and see the man, administer first aid, 
used his own resources uh, to help him, bandaged him, and, and then he uses his own transportation. He goes and he pays for lodging. He nurses him overnight, and then he pays a few hundred dollars for any out-of-pocket expenses. He does all of this. I don't know about you, but if I feel like if I'm open and honest, if I saw something like that, I'd probably say, um, just wait here, I'll go get help. Uh, and that would kind of be it. But the reality is maybe the fact that we're passing by and we're there is because God's saying, no, 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 you're the help. Uh, you actually do something about it. Um, and for this guy, I feel like that's exactly what he did, that, that love actually needs us not just to do the bare minimum, uh, not just to do what's going to tick a box uh, because I'm a Christian, because I'm a pastor, but that because I've seen all of these things, that I'm going to respond uh, with uh, 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 exceeding all other expectation. Matthew 5 from verse 41, Jesus says this, If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbour and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. So the fact that we are identified as the children of God is not by how many scriptures we memorise. Uh, it's not by how many services we attend or how loud or how uh, demonstrative our praise and worship is. It's by how we love others. And Jesus is clearly showing here, it's not just meeting the need, it is going above and beyond because that's what love does and that's what love did here. So as we come to a close, I want to pray for a couple of different people, groups of people, and, and, and maybe you're here and you're feeling like, well, I can, I can kind of, you know, some of that does resonate. Maybe there's just one of those things that you feel like, I need to work on that. That's great. But here's the thing. To love like this, you actually can't do it in your own strength. You actually can't uh, because it's not a natural thing. To love like this, you've actually got to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I want to pray uh, for people that are saying, I can identify with that and uh, I, I want prayer for that, that the Holy Spirit would endow you with power and give you exactly what you need so that you can do this. We don't want to just be people that talk about it. Uh, we want to be people that are about it. Amen. And the second group of people I want to talk about is that, you know, we're talking about the story of the Good Samaritan here, but really underneath that story is the story of the Good Saviour. Uh, that really, this is really about Jesus, if you were to look about it, you know, that humanity was broken and busted by the side of the road, left for dead by sin, uh, but that God did not pass us by. Uh, religion may have crossed over. Uh, good works and intentions may have left us, uh, but God actually drew near uh, through Christ, that Jesus actually stooped down and uh, with strips and grace and mercy, he tended our wounds, uh, that he carried us and he paid for us the ultimate price. And here's the, here's the best news. He's promised to come back for us, just like this man. So if you're here and maybe you've never actually experienced that love from the good Saviour, I want to pray for you. 
because I believe that you're actually here for this purpose. Amen. So can I just ask you respectfully just to bow your heads and close your eyes and and maybe you're in that first group and, and you're saying, yeah, there's one of those things that I'm really feeling like I need to, I need God to empower me to do that. Whether it's to lift people up, to overcome my own personal biases and differences, uh, or whether it's to see people's value, or whether it's to go above and beyond, to exceed all expectations, whatever it is, I'd love for you to uh, lift your hand up and just say, can you please include me in that prayer? And I'm going to pray for you. So if that's you right now, why don't you lift your hand? Awesome. Awesome. Father, I just pray for every hand lifted right now, Lord God, uh, for those people that are responding to this. We acknowledge the fact that we can't do this in our own strength. But I thank you, Lord, that you are empowering us supernaturally to be able to do each one of these things, Lord God. We know that we cannot do it in our own abilities, but with you, Lord God, all things are possible. And also, uh, just with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if, if you're here and you have never actually personally experienced this kind of love by God, I want to I want to invite you just to open your heart, to open your life, and to invite Jesus in. If you would like to do that right now, I want to pray for you as well. So if that's you and you want to give your heart to Jesus right now, I want to pray specifically for you if you want to experience that. Awesome. Why don't we stand to our feet? We're going to do one more song. Um, but I just want to pray for you uh, before we go out. And um, each one of these things did spell out love. But the other acronym I want to introduce you to is the fact that this also spells out live our values every day. Uh, this is not just a Sunday thing. Um, this is not just when I feel spiritual and feel Christ-like. Uh, this is something that we actually get to live out every day. Would you just lift your hands uh, to heaven right now? Father, I just thank you for your people, Lord God. Let there be an impartation, Lord God, a revelation first and foremost of your love for us. And Lord God, help us then to be able to extend that to others that every single person is our neighbour, not just because of proximity, that they're close to us, not just because they look like us or vote like us or believe like us, but because, Lord God, they are made and created in Your image. So, Father, I just pray that You would empower Your people, Lord God. Help us to live these truths out. Father, bless them. May their, Your face shine upon them. May You cover them and protect them and keep them safe in everything that they do this week. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned for new messages weekly. You can keep updated on what's happening in the life of King's Church by following us on social media at King's Church GC. Be blessed.